Shock Sports Radio starts now. If Jason Tatum did not miss nine games, Jason Tatum would have been the number one pick in this draft. This guy had the knack, the ability to create his own shot. I, I think Pritchard was asking too much. Danny wasn't willing to give up. And that's just the way it goes. As a GM, your responsibility is to get the best offer out there. Yeah, that's my point, though. I think he's trying to you know, look at his career as a whole and say, I don't want to go 3-9. Coming up on the podcast, we got the Jalen Brown contract details, the Celtics preview, and we got NBA talk. Let's talk. Jalen Brown. The break for the Celtics goes around the world. Oh, the circus came into Boston. He's getting a standing ovation right now. More high low action. Swept away by Brown. Welcome to week 15, count it week 15 of Shock Sports Radio alongside of me is nobody, it's yours truly, Mark Loisel Jr. aka Shark right here in the Ocean State. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. What an exciting time to be alive. We will discuss Jason Tatum and the development of him. And we will break down Jalen Brown's contract. How important was it for the Celtics to sign this guy? We also discuss the development of the rookies. Can they be breakout stars? We'll talk about Brad Stevens and the expectations upon this team. There is a lot to dive into coming into this season and I'm glad that you'll be a part of it. It is going to be one heck of a season all around parity across the board. So we'll get into some of the teams out east, some of the teams out west. Going into the season, it's new faces, it's new places. We got Kemba Walker in green. No longer Kyrie Irving in his semantics and you know having to deal with sometimes his lack of credibility when it comes off the court. Now, you can say what you want about him on the court. He was very productive last year, scoring 24 points, averaging 7 assists, grabbing 5 rebounds. Needless to say, the Celtics just didn't get the job done because there was no totality. We want to see, coming into this year, all the Celtics fans, all the boss basketball enthusiasts, want to see what this team is really capable of. And I think we will see it. You're going to have to wait at least a couple of months before you really jump the gun and say, all right, this team is really worth it. This, this team's going to make some noise in the East, even in the NBA. As always, going into a season, you, you got to feel good, especially with you know the likes of you know development of Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward and you know, you have Ennis Cantor, you just added Kemba Walker. So you, you got to feel some kind of momentum. I, I think that's the most excitement that you'll see is the the intrigue of what this team could potentially be, um, more so than the talent on the floor. I think, 
know, we're going to have to see more production out of these young guys. But let's talk about the development of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and what can we look forward to. Let's jump right into it when it comes to Jalen Brown's contract. He signed it yesterday. And it was well worth the penny for the Celtics as they got a guy that, you know, they drafted and they feel great about. So on Jalen Brown's contract, it's a four-year extension worth $103 million. It's 115 total, but I'll break down why, you know, the $8 million is incentives if he wins MVP, um, Defensive Player of the Year, or makes one of the three All-NBA teams. He can pocket $8 million. He can then get $4 million if he plays 65 or more games, uh, team wins 49 or more games, or reaches second round of the playoffs. Um, so his salary could get as high as $115 million. Now, when I first saw it, I was saying, wow, $28.75 million a year for a guy that scored, what, 14 points last year? It's, it's more about what his presence can be on this team. I think Danny Ainge obviously is protecting his own because he drafted the guy. He, you know, he saw the development of him. He's 22 years old. There's so much uh, potential when it comes to this athletic ability. And, and I think more so than not, he has just a knack to, to find the open lane to take it to the hoop. His defense is you know, very, very descriptive on the floor. He knows where to be. Um, I think he's learned a lot from Marcus Smart. So it, it's going to be, you know, definitely a telltale sign whether, you know, this guy's worth the contract or not, probably within the second year. Um, but you got to hope as these stars, per se, these high draft picks become relevant. Like Jalen Brown is an athletic freak, but what else can he do? What else can he do to put the Celtics over the map, on the map, on top? Now, he's not going to do it by himself, obviously. Jason Tatum is going to have to be the really right-hand man to Kemba Walker. I think Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, it's really the order that it should go as far as importance on this team. Obviously, Gordon Hayward coming off an injury you know, two years ago, he's going to have to step it up. But I think Jason Tatum, his development will be so key this year that you won't even realize it. He'll just really make it a seamless transition in regards to where he's going to be on the floor. Now, Kemba's identity on this team is not going to be a 24-point scorer like he was with Charlotte. That's just not his MO with the Celtics. What he's going to have to do is take a little bit of a backseat and you know, protect the basketball, don't turn it over, hit key shots. And he has been clutched down the stretch. You saw his presence down at, you know, University of Connecticut. The guy can ball. Walker can flat out play the game of basketball. But he has to show it with these young guys because that's the maturity, that's the leadership that he will bring that Al Holford brought last year. There's a little similarities when it comes to his leadership. I think it's more you know, lead by example rather than talk. Um, but he did say in many press conferences that uh, when he needs to say something, he'll step up to the plate and let the guys know in a friendly manner. You know, manner, sorry. He he won't be like Kyrie Irving and just flat out tell you how it is. He's going to have to definitely give Brad a little bit of security. Um, Brad has to learn that he's got to let these young guys develop with Kemba. 
Kemba's role on this team, like I said, it's not going to be, you know, a really a significant factor, cause only because he he's a gamer. He brings it every time he steps on the court. What he's going to have to do is really help out the transition with the young guys. You know, Grant Williams, Carson Edwards, um, you know, Romeo Langford when he gets back in, into the rhythm. You know, Rob Williams even. He's going to have to learn, like, you know, help these guys professionally learn the process of being an NBA player. I mean, you're talking the age range of, what, 19 years old to 23? Um, it's just uncanny to see that type of, you know, ability. Um, and hats off to Danny Ainge for bringing these guys along. It, it takes a lot. It, it takes an extreme a good amount to develop these type of players. And we have yet to see really what they're capable of because they're so young. And I think it's, you know, fortunate for the Celtics at this point, you know, to make it to the playoffs, you know, almost every other year um, and just bring guys along that they can learn from, like veteran presence, right? I mean, Kemba is, what, 27, 28 years old? He's probably the oldest on the team. Um, maybe Gordon Hayward is actually. But, um, yeah, actually, Gordon is old, the oldest, but Kemba's right there. They're like neck and neck. Um, but I, I think, you know, the, really the relevance when it comes to these rookies, um, Carson Edwards is going to be a gamer. He's going to shoot. I, I had a, a bet with Andrew Gifford who comes on, goes by Giffy. Um, I said 40 plus uh, percentage from the field from three. I, I think that is relevant. I think he has the capability to do so. You, you saw it in, in the game against Cleveland. I mean, the guy went, what? Eight for eleven from three, nine for eleven from three. I think it was. I think the guy can miss. Like that's the type of stuff that you're going to see night in and night out out of this guy. Maybe not nine threes. Obviously, that's a little preposterous. But I think six, seven attempts a game is not out of the question. I think you know, like I said, twelve to fifteen points a game. You know, the minutes might go down just because he's a rookie and Brad's is like, but I think Grant Williams will have a presence coming on off the bench. Um, so, you know, Vincent Poirier is going to get involved. I, I think, obviously, uh, coming into this year, you know, the Celtics have a really good balance. You know, they got guys that can score. They got guys that can play defense. They need guys that can rebound. They went out and got those guys like Ennis Cantor, Vincent Poirier. Uh, they resigned Daniel Tice. Um, so, I think they're really good hands as long as Brad translates it onto the court. You know, I, I think you might see a little more emotion out of him this year, um, happiness, um, but only because last year was so daunting and guys just didn't want to play for each other. You know, it's just kind of like last year was just a waste. You know, you ever think of like a year you're just like, what did you do? That was the Celtics in a nutshell. Like that was basically what what the Red Sox did this year was – you know, you think your high expectations is going to live up to it. One, you don't go get a reliever. Two, you don't get a closer. You don't get really any bullpen help. And you have starting pitching that have injuries across the board. So how do you think you're going to do? Like, the expectations going into the season, if you have the Celtics, is play small ball faster and also be containing your, your position. Like, maintaining your presence on the court every time you step on the court. Like, every single guy has to go out there and have some kind of production in their strength and then work on the weakness in practice. You know, I think Jalen has to work on, 
you know, finding his his mid-range jumper. I think he needs to find what he's capable of from outside. You know, I think he shot f- close to 40% in, in 2017. So 2018, he took a big step back. But I think he's going to have to step up in some you know way, shape, or form because these guys are going to be shooter-friendly. They, they love to shoot the threes. And I think Brad has to put it in their head saying, go to the hoop, go to the hoop. The more you get fouled, the more free throw attempts you have, the easier the games will come along to you. And the easier you'll build confidence, you know, shooting those threes and shooting those twos. Um, so I think offensively, they're going to come along. Defensively, I think they're going to be top 10. I think they're going to be top 10 defense in the league only because they have guys that, that want it more than any other player on that court. And guy like Marcus Smart is a really good guy to build off of. He just has a lot of confidence and motivation and really like a chip on his shoulder. Everybody talks about, you know, how he can't do, you know, the things because he flops all the time or, you know, he shoots 33%. What I would want Smart to do is look at the bigger picture with the Celtics and say, what do they need me to do? They need me defensively. They need me to guard all five positions. You know, he made a joke. He's saying, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a center in the league. I play the five, meaning I play all five positions. Because what I do is I have the ability to guard every single player on the court, which is true. But he also needs to work on his shot selection, his decisions. I think Kemba will help that because Kyrie really stuck it to them last year only because he tried to lead an example and you don't lead by example by shooting, what, 38 footers? You can't do that. I think Kemba's going to have to definitely instill confidence with these guys and say, take the shots that you can, don't settle, make good selections, and then work your way into the rhythm. Like Carson Edwards is a flat-out shooter. You can see it. Even in the Virginia game when he played for Purdue. I mean, the guy was lights out. He's going to go on runs like that. And he definitely will be six-man coming off the bench. And he, he'll be in the running for six-man of the year. I, I can already tell you. Just because he's, what, what he's going to be great at is him coming off of screens is now going to create a lot of attention and urgency to step up to him when he's going to leave Kemba wide open. He's going to leave Jason Tatum wide open, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown. Um, so I think his presence is kind of like, Ray Allen coming off a screen. Not to say that he is. What I'm saying is the presence coming off and the confidence and the ability to knock down that shot is kind of like Ray Allen where Ray Allen came off a screen. You were fighting to fight through those picks to defend him. I think Carson over time this year will gain that relevance on the court and it will be important and vital for the opponent to step up and kind of create havoc with him because if not, the guy's going to make that defender pay every single time. A guy that I want to discuss flat out with you is Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward, this is your make-or-break season. I'm going to be flat-out brutally honest. If you do not play well this season, Celtics will not bring you back. Hayward has to have his presence in ball handling, playing in tandem with Kemba Walker, and knowing where to take opportunities knowing where to dish out the ball and pick and roll sets. It's going to be extremely important that this guy comes off of a a fast start 
Because if he doesn't, Brad Stevens, Danny Ainge, Wick Grossbeck, that investment that they made will be kind of like a decline in regards to organization decisions. Granted, the guy came off injury. I get it. It's hard to come back from injuries. It, it is, right? But And I've never gone through that type of injury. I'll be honest. But what I can say is I know guys that have, and I know guys that have come back and have been good. But right now, the way Gordon Hayward's kind of playing, it's it's very scary to me because he, he doesn't seem to be determined to want more. And, and he may be saying it, but he doesn't do it. Now, I don't know what he does off off the court with practice and, you know, how he performs. I don't have, you know, those credentials just yet. But what I think he has the capability of doing is taking over games with his basketball IQ. And I think that's the ability to, you know, figure out when to shoot, when to find the open guy, and when to be aggressive. He's going to have to decide whether he wants to take the ball to the hoop almost every single time. Because I think selling for jumpers just shouldn't be in his game because I think he's better than that. I think he's capable of taking over games, going on stretches where he scores 10 to 12 points. I mean, he scored against Golden State last year is a perfect example. You know, the guy had a string of points, and I think he scored, what, close to 30 points, maybe even higher. He, he was, like, right there at the 30-point mark. And he made his presence known in that game. And it will be important for him to get these other guys involved through his ability to shoot the ball and get to the hoop. And when you get to the hoop and you get fouled, you got to make those free throws. We've seen a lot of free throw misses last year. You know, they just shot poorly. And I think this year the attack mode's on. Jason Tatum has said it. He wants to get to the hoop more. That's great. That's great to hear. You know, Jalen Brown having his contract signed, I think it gives him a lot more confidence in where he stands in the organization, as they said today. I feel like he, you know, likes the fact that the organization took a shot at him and now they have faith in him. So I think from a overall picture, this 2019-20 season, they will definitely have to live up to their expectations. Otherwise, I think it's another daunting task for Brad Stevens moving forward. I think Brad feels comfortable with this group. I think they're excited. I think they're realist. I think at the end of the day, they brought in talented guys. They just need to bring it together. And I think by you know week two, I think you, well yeah I'll, I'll say week three or, or you know the first after the first month we'll call it. I think you'll see guys know their role, know the balance of their game, and what's important to Brad Stevens and the Boston Celtics to build off of. You're going to have games where guys go off. You just will. You'll have guys, you know, sometimes take nights off where they don't need to play as much. Load management. You'll you'll be seeing a little bit of that. Not not a whole lot because, you know, they're not Kawhi Leonard, not Paul George, they're not LeBron James, you know, like all these other guys in the lead that take nights off. But you'll see a little bit of you know rest when it comes to the talent of this team. You know you're gonna have Gordon Hayward step up nights. You're gonna have Jalen Brown step up nights. You're gonna have Kemba Walker have you know big moments um, and, and really the ice in his veins, the clutchness down the stretch, which he's capable of, along with Carson Edwards. And if I'm Carson Edwards, I'm learning from Kemba Walker down the stretch. Now, if you're looking at where the Celtics stand in the East, I, I think they're. You know, either the second seed or the third seed. 
Um, what worries me the most is not having a big that can defend Embiid, not having a big that can defend you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, I think Milwaukee will still win the East. I, I think Celtics will be second. I think Philly will be third. Don't sleep on the Heat, the Pacers. There's a lot of teams out there that can make their their name known in the East, um, especially as easy as it can be. You know, Toronto might take a step back. You know, Kawhi Leonard's presence gone. You know, the ability to take over games. You you don't really have that guy anymore. Maybe Siakam comes out, but Siakam's gonna have to develop just like Jason Tatum does. Um, so I think. Celtics are the second seed. I think they get grabbed like right around the 50 win mark. Um, I think that's true, and I think it can happen. Um, out West, there's so many teams out there that can make it to the, the playoffs. And, and, you know, Andrew Gifford, you know, like I said, he goes by Giffy. Um, he brought up a great point. He said, I think Adam Silver is going to instill a 16-team playoff. I think that is so true, and I think it's so important for Adam Silver to do that because the competition level in the playoffs will be so high at stake that you won't have to worry about, you know, the, the incompetence on people on players. And, you know, the fact that some teams won't show up like there's playoffs out there in recent years where the first round is literally, it's a done deal. Like before it even starts. And and that's the issue. You want to see a lot of battles in the first round, you know, you're going to have the mono mono battles, you know, going into the Eastern Conference Finals. And then the finals, it is what it is. I think Golden State takes a step back. You know, you, Clay Thompson out. You know, I think Steph Curry's due for a big year by himself with, you know, possibly D'Angelo Russell. I, I like Houston. I like Clippers. I like Denver. I like, you know, Portland. Not in order. Just those type of teams to really, you know, make their, their name. Um, the Lakers even, I, I think the Lakers have the talent, Anthony Davis, LeBron James. I, I think Danny Green's huge for that team. I think if he can knock down threes, you know, it takes a lot of load off of, you know, Anthony Davis and LeBron. So we'll see what happens tonight. Actually, uh, the Clippers in LA take on Los Angeles Lakers. And then you also have, um, the Pelicans and Raptors on the early set of games. So, uh, Celtics play tomorrow against Philly. Should be a battle-tested game. Should be, you know, setting the bar and where Celtics stand against a good team like Philly. Um, and we'll, we'll see how overrated Philly is. I, I think they will be overrated going into this year. Um, I just don't think they're the number one seed in the East. Everybody's picking them. I really think they're three or four, uh, like I've been saying. So, I, I think Tobias Harris, I think Al Horford, I think, you know, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. It's a good, good group of guys, but Brett Brown's still running the show. And they have yet to step up, so um, they have no shooting. They have zero shooting. Uh, Covington, you can you can say you know you think he's a good shooter. Go ahead. Uh, JJ Redick's way better than him. Uh, you lost JJ Redick. So Philly has a rude awakening coming. I I think I think Boston's gonna come you know scoring lights out. Defensively, they're gonna have their you know name known. I think Philly will, um, but I don't think they win games that way. Um, I just think. No, from an overall standpoint, the East is wide open. So I think you can make a name for them. I think you can make a name for Miami Heat. But I think the Celtics, like I said, they grab 50-plus wins. And I think it stays true throughout the season. I don't think they have really a flunking you know, moment where they had you know tough times with Kyrie Irving, which is just a shell of themselves. They shot themselves in the foot every home game. 
So I, I think it will have to happen where you're going to have to have the Celtics step up, you know, from a standpoint of let's collectively play great offense. Let's collectively rebound. Let's collectively play defense. It's going to have to be a by committee type of year. And I think it will be known come, you know, trade deadline if Gordon Hayward is really worth that dollar, unless you can ship him off for like a first round pick. So there's a lot of questions going into it. Obviously, every time you start a season, there's always questions. But from a totality standpoint of the season, I think highly regarded. I think they they will have their presence known in the NBA in the East. So let's see what they're made of. You know, I think this first game is going to be fun to watch, as I said. And, you know, I can't wait for NBA season to tip off. It's an exciting time. And I hope you all watch uh, the NBA. It's going to get better and better each year. Um, as far as the money coming in, it's going to be, you know, famously known that these players are going to get paid and it seems like these players will stay. So let's see if that stays true. Let's see what the 2019-20 season holds. And, you know, congratulations to Adam Silver for, you know, good offseason. And let's see what happens this season.